off top. Apparently, Southern Accent is leaving the South. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What up, Charlie? Yeah, there's an article I read. It was just talking about how uh, people in the South are using the Southern draw less and less. And it's not because of social media, which is what you would have guessed. They said it's because of migration. A lot more people are migrating from the North to the South in the past. Is that a direction? Mm. Non-regional addiction. I love a good Southern drawl. I love all accents, pretty much. What's your favorite accent? Uh, probably Australian. <sighs> yeah, I thought you were going to say Boston. <laughs> yeah how about how about just the the baltimore just give me a delco accent oh man the best <laughs> the best have you ever seen the thing it's like a, a, a um viral video where they get a guy to say aaron irons eight urns or something like that and it's just because we well i never talk like that but people from baltimore like earn earn and earn i'll show it to you maybe we can cut it in is it legal to cut it in earn earn and earn earn all right football we got a little football to talk about before we get to wasney lambry and before we get to roses and thorns what's up charlie i am interested in the kansas city chiefs to start they're playing the chargers this weekend the much maligned chargers and the chiefs are five and one um but their offense has looked a tad bit constipated. That is incredibly frustrating when you have frustrating when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and to not have an exciting, fun offense with him, despite having the best defense of his career. And they played the Vikings. They played the Broncos. The Broncos who gave up 70 points. And we keep looking for the get-right spot. Do you think that this weekend is the get-right spot for the Chiefs offense? Yeah, I don't think. See, that's where I don't think the Chiefs need to get right. And I think I disagree with a lot of people. I know we had this conversation before and I said they shouldn't trade for a receiver unless there is just one out there for the cheap because I have faith in what they are doing. I understand that they have to they have a process and a plan. And when you look at the the numbers, they are not bad. They're about fifth or sixth, I think, in EPA per game offensively. They're scoring 24 points a game, which isn't as high as any. I mean, it's lower than any season where Mahomes is at quarterback. But I think that's okay at this point in their evolution. It, it reminds me, I've made this comparison a couple of times to them trying to build this the way that the Patriots did once they found out that Brady was something special is mm-hmm. you're going to have to cut corners some places. And one of the places they're going to have to cut corners, I think is with the talent around Mahomes and the pressure you put on him through the course of a regular season, the defense is up, which again is very Brady like is there were stretches where the defense was up and Brady was doing enough and you trusted him in big moments. And I think that's the same way that I feel that they are around Patrick Mahomes. And if someone, if they hit on a draft pick like Tyreek Hill again, or if there's a trade, a Randy Moss-esque trade available where there's an undervalued asset somewhere that's trying to get out of town, and they grab that, they can lean back in on offense. I, based on what I've been hearing and, and frank, frankly, some of the scores and how they're closer in games that they shouldn't be that close in and how they looked in that first game, I also was like, man, this offense ain't it. Then I looked at the numbers and was like, yeah, they're fine. And once they get to the playoffs, Andy Reid will cook up something. Patrick Mahomes will do something magical. Like, I really don't think it's as concerning as we think it is. They're going to win this weekend no matter what. That's the, that's the question is, does the offense sort of progress and get better over the course of the season? Or are we going to see one week where it clicks? Because Mahomes is, has the lowest depth of target of his career. It's 6.5 yards per attempt. On, on ADOT compared to 9.1 in his rookie season, which is the previous low. So it's like he's not driving the ball down the field as much. We're not seeing those crazy creative plays. Um, and I just wonder if we're going to get to the playoffs and the lack of a threat of a Chiefs offense. It's either you think it's manageable, but I wonder if it's not. Yeah, I thought it wasn't manageable last year. And they showed me that it was. And so it's possible that that was a fluke. Um, and it's possible that it's not a fluke and they don't win the Super Bowl this year. Like what they had last year was, to me, not a Super Bowl caliber roster. There's a right. bunch of young people on defense and no real playmakers on offense to speak of that were healthy. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Travis Kelsey and a bunch of guys that we didn't have a bu- uh, much faith in. They won the Super Bowl. So I think as long as they can tread water this year, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, I wouldn't like mortgage any future valuable assets to to do anything to address a problem that isn't even a problem if you look at the stats. And what it comes down to is if they are going to be competitive in games. And in the playoffs last year, they were in a couple close games. And Patrick pulled it out with guys like Travis Kelsey, who is not going anywhere. So, like, I get it. I get the reason to be concerned. But they certainly aren't in panic mode, especially when you look at all the advanced stats, with the exception of, like, ADOT. It's not, not pretty, but he'll figure it out. I'm not worried about this team, I guess. There's enough goodwill in the bank for me to be like, yeah, They'll be all right between him and Nagy, Mahomes, Reed, 
uh, offensive line that's playing well and a defense that's not even rushing to pass all that well, but still playing great. So their their wins this year have been against the Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Jets, and Jaguars. Outside of the Jets, it's not like some murderous row of defenses that's that's held them down. But let's move to the game of the weekend um, because we go through schedules again. Now I'm just now I'm just schedule reading. This is this is how we do it here. We're going to talk about the Dolphins and the Eagles because the Dolphins have looked like an offensive buzzsaw. They're clearly one of the best teams in the league, but they've beaten the Chargers, the Patriots, the Broncos, lost to the Bills, beaten the Giants and the Panthers. So they do not have a litany of quality wins to go against. They've flunked their only test, really, which is when they lost to the Bills by 28. How do you expect them to fare on the road against the Eagles this weekend? Yeah, I think they'll be explosive against the Eagles. The, I think the Eagles win. But I think it comes down to protection and they're finding ways to manufacture deep threats without um, without putting Tua at risk. And that's going to be the challenging part is right. can can they hold up against this the waves of defensive linemen that the um, the Eagles are going to send at them? Because the Eagles don't need to blitz. They don't need to leave Tyreek Hill isolated, which is the risk that a lot of people are or Jalen Waddle isolated. It's a risk that most teams are concerned with. They don't have Devon Achan. Obviously, Mostert's fast too, but he hasn't had the impact of Achan. Like I feel confident, as confident as one can, about the personnel that the Eagles have because the Eagles have a better version of what the Bills have as a defensive line and maybe not as great in the secondary. And the Eagles defensive line is much better and the Bills were able to to um, corral the the um, the Dolphins. I think the biggest thing, though, for defenses, it's not even the pressure as much as it's tackling. Tackling. Like, you need to tackle. Tackle in space. Yeah, tackle in space. Uh, and I don't, I guess I don't know exactly how good the Eagles are at that, but I feel confident that they'll championship quality team they'll slow them down enough the question the real question the offense that i do have concern about is on the other side yes this is an ask there there have to be legitimate concerns based on how they played this year right yeah they haven't been good so far this year on offense uh the one thing that i've been leaning on is uh it felt like hurts was still hurtsing until last week and so i can explain away his bad game last week much of his bad game last week, uh, Devontae Smith dropped two wide open passes that hurt him. Uh, one of the interceptions was he was hit when it got tipped. The other one was a screen pass and Goddard got hit and knocked the ball back into Quentin Williams' hands. It doesn't feel like it's a bunch on Jalen Hurts until that last play. That was really gross. And that's something that you don't expect. It's not a mistake that you expect from a player like him. All players are going to make dumb errors. But I think... The problem is they don't feel consistent offensively. And a lot of it comes down to they are limiting their offense by not doing as much quarterback run, design quarterback run as they did last year. And the other thing about it is last year felt like a really equal opportunity offense when they're giving the ball to AJ, Devontae, Dallas Goddard all around. And this year it seems like it's like, let's feed the ball to AJ. And I don't have a problem with that because every time they throw to AJ, he appears to catch it and run with it. And like I mentioned, you can't, you can make that criticism over the course of the entire season, but I watched and rewatched this game in particular, and you can't. He's amazing make, in that game. He's you, unbelievable. Yeah, you can't make that criticism in the last game against the Jets because one, AJ was balling, and two, as I mentioned before, Goddard dropped a ball that got interception intercepted, and they dropped two passes. It's not like he wasn't giving y'all chances. And Swift made a great catch and bounced off somebody, and made a touchdown. So, like, I don't know, I. I fall back on this a lot when there's teams that have proven it to me that I feel confident that they'll do it well. I think the questions about missing Shane Steichen are are accurate and reasonable to be concerned about at this point. But what gives me confidence in them is Jalen Hurts has shown through the course of this season that he has the ability to make out of structure amazing plays, which is what you're going to need at some point in the playoffs when things are not working out. You're going to need your quarterback to be special. He's done that through the course of this season, even when he's not uh, consistently hitting the proper check down and making the right decisions or holding the ball too long. The last thing I want to ask you before we bring in Waz. Black football's coming to the Olympics in 2028. Can you make the UK team? Just uh, can like if you decide right now, you'll be you'll be what 44 years old, 45 uh, years old. I'm 40 now. So 2028, 20, five years from now. Yeah, I'll be 45. Yeah. Well, can you yeah. make the UK flag football team? So I was born on a military base in. Um, in can we get you dual citizenship in, in time? England? So I'm technically I'm only an American citizen because it was an American military base. But for the sake of this discussion, um. Hell no. Probably. I don't know. Wozni was really fun. We taped it before. You guys, we need to get to Wozni because it was a lot of fun. Let's do it.
I don't think I can. I might pop something. But <laughs> the they're, really, will be they're, gone. they're really bad at football. That's there, exactly my, my point. That's the and point just for the like, sake of the conversation, you're yeah, British. <laughs> I think I think that I could, I guess, just because can they even throw over there? They don't do nothing but kick. I, I in business school, a lot of international it was where it first hit me that yeah. nobody throws in any sports. Uh, all of the um, inter- you you must have gotten to business school and realized how unathletic normal people were. <laughs> oh, it wasn't even that, but yeah, but like even all Americans grow up playing oh, catch. Yeah, like I guess like in some Latin American countries and and like Japan, baseball's big. Everywhere else, they play soccer. You ask them to throw something, and they look so confused. Anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is getting used or not, but definitely should I produce one of our producers, Kevin? You should see he throws like a British person. <laughs> Get him in here. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, should we talk to Waz? Let's do it. All right, now... Bringing in Wozni Lambray, friend of the show. I would say he was my friend, but we was in New York together. Me and Charlie out there gallivanting Big in time New York. Gallivanting. <laughs> we were gallivanting around the town. Wozni, also in New York. I hit him up. Man wasn't down the van. It, listen, listen. I, I First of all, let's get this correct. I reached out to Dominique <laughs> on Thursday about Monday and Tuesday, uh-huh. possibly maybe working out. He reached back to me on Tuesday. You're damn right. That's how you vent, baby. <laughs> and said, yo, where we at? I'm like, Dominique, uh, th- that's not how this works. That's, a, like, that's, a, that's an amazing response from Dominique. Normally, he would just hit you with nothing on the Tuesday. No, 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 no. I would say no. So I, I misunderstood the, the plan. I thought it was kind of like, I'm there, I'm open. Let's get, and we'll figure it out there. But it was a different, it was like, I need to schedule this in advance. I yeah, think, see, I think, I think of Wozniak as like younger and cooler than me and like moving, you know? So like, I don't think he's the type of guy that need to schedule a week in advance like I do. But anyway, I, I, I forgive am, you. I am when I'm not in New York. When I'm in LA, I'm definitely yeah. more like that. But in New York, it's just, there's just way more constraints on my time between family and loved ones. And How stuff have you like changed? That. You are, you're, you're LA Wasney now? You're different? Are you a oh, new yeah, person? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? I just had some, I just had some matcha today. Are you, are you? <laughs> Kidding me, bro? <laughs> I'm locked in. Even in New York, I'm on my LA vibes. Well, as I got to ask you a question because this is something that came out of our gallivanting around New York. Oh yeah, so um, we do the show from New York uh, once a week, and we finish recording around afternoon time, and we've done it twice. We just drink and amble around the city and laugh. We collect friends, and by the end of the night, it's five of us. And the end of the night, by the way, is six thirty-seven o'clock. It's five of us. <laughs> I love kind of tipsy, saying wild things like. So, Dominique thinks he could do stand up. He thinks he can write <laughs> a set and not bomb doing stand up. <laughs> um, I think Dominique could probably do a tight five for sure. Thank you. I think the TV element is definitely giving him more confidence yeah. than he should have. Yeah. 
For sure. Plus, you know, as everybody knows, he's a writer. He's a TV ooh, writer ooh, now. Ooh, big time. So he can write. I just realized now. this about myself is I just go through life collecting side quests <laughs> for no good reason. Just because I like to I like to put something on, on the on the belt. Like, hey, you know what? I did that. Give you that. So now it's gonna be a stand-up set. And by the way, I'm not the only person who thought that. We had a professional comedian who was like, Yeah, he probably could do it. I don't think I could be great. And I also recognized that I would bomb the first several times. But the point I was trying to make to Charlie, the hater, was like, yeah, like I have experience performing. I just respect comedians. I respect them too. And I respect me. um, So here's the thing about comedians who I do respect. They have like a sort of religious fervor about comedy as a thing (laughs) that I don't share. And so that's why like Dominique and I'm sure Dominique probably doesn't either. So when he goes into it, he's not treating this as, Oh my God, this is the first step of me becoming the next Richard Pryor. And I got to get this right. He's just going to go up there and say some outlandish stuff, get a few laughs and go home. Never think about it again. So that's why I think he could probably do it. I will say he did uh, change my opinion a little bit because on our walk home, we were talking about what his set would be. And we realized that, literally just walking around new york for one <laughs> afternoon we observed three things that we would never see in dc that could be bits we were we were eating lunch and a lady asked us to watch her bike while yeah. she went to the butcher shop and then max kellerman walked up with a tiny dog <laughs> and like, dapped up dominique and the lady comes back and she's like, are you watching my bike how can we do this like we could build all fit around that <laughs> oh yeah then, then there was a seven foot tall hostess behind oh, yeah victoria behind- wembenyama yeah, she, she was like the wingspan was ridiculous she was standing behind the counter welcome us into the restaurant so we all assumed she was on a podium we walked past there's no step down. She was None. six nine for real. It just, Easily, it just towered over us to our seat. But anyway, this she was a Kevin Durant six nine, a real world seven one. Speaking of Kevin Durant and foolishness, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and get to why we brought my man uh, Wozni Lambry here. Not just to make fun of his. Oh, we can't make fun of his Jets. His Jets, they balling. They're now. back. His They're Jets balling now. Ball, balling is 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 a strong, strong statement. Um, I, I I like everybody else enjoyed the win. I was actually at a wedding while this thing was happening last Sunday. Um, I enjoyed it, but come on, guys, like it, it, you know, I'm sure the Eagles didn't they didn't act exactly have this circled on the calendar. Uh, cap game, you know, win is a win, so, baby. Um, win is a win. It's the NFL, so we'll take it. All right, let's let's do some NBA. So as Dominique has said many times I'm, I'm addicted to drafting i love drafting Ridiculous. things and we've got we've got waz here and we are on the precipice of the nba season which should be an interesting and fun regular season so what are we going to do we're going to draft nba storylines the things that we're most interested in interested in we'll each pick three storylines um snake draft style waz has the first pick I'll take the second pick because dominique was really upset last week that he didn't have the third pick so he could have the snake draft um and so, yeah, Waz, you're on the clock. The number one storyline you're looking forward to during this NBA season. For me, it's the Phoenix Suns, Ooh. regular season-wise. Because the other four top teams that we all agree are the, you know, the t- uh, upper crust of the league, that being Milwaukee, Boston, and, of course, the NBA champion Denver Nuggets. I think all of us kind of know what we're going to get out of those teams during the regular season. Like, they're going to be above 50 wins. A couple of them probably might get into the upper 50s, if not, you know, grace of 60. Uh, But the Suns and all this talent and all this money they've spent to assemble the talent, we're not exactly sure how this thing is going to coalesce. So that's the thing I'm going to be watching most closely because... They have a great chance to, you know, do something special in the postseason because they are that talented, especially at the top. And we don't know how it's going to look, you know, because of the addition of Bradley Beal and Nurkic and the rest of the crew that they brought in. And so the Suns, for me, are what's going to be most interesting, especially coming out the gate for the regular season. Like it, Bradley Beal, Charlie's boy. He's a D.C. guy. Well, he's not a D.C. guy, but he played. He's in the perfect situation now. I know this is going to be a, a Bill insult. Go ahead, finish it up. No, he's a natural-born third option. And he's go. an elite third option. <laughs> there you go. There it is. The man is, hates him because he didn't take no. his team to a championship. 
The yeah. just, some, there's nothing wrong with being a third option, and he'll be great in that role. I mean, I think that, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and let you bash Bradley any longer. That's not bashing uh, It is him. bashing, calling somebody a third. Anyway. I'm all sorry, that's not, I just think that, you know. I mean, he is a third option on that team, but, like, the suggesting, you mean it in a pejorative way. We all know it. But anyway, the James point. James Worthy's a Hall of Famer. The point that I was, <laughs> <laughs> what's exciting about this team to me is, as good as Durant has been through the course of his career, it felt like Devin Booker took a step in the yeah. playoffs last year. Dog, De- yeah. Devin Booker became somebody yeah. else that I think people thought that he might have the potential to be sooner and thought that it was it was there to see him do that. So I'm excited for this season because of for the Suns to see what they become, but also to see if we get that playoff version of Devin Booker, like I can't even say if it was a fluke. It certainly wasn't a fluke. It seemed like it was part of the progression. It seems real. And I want to see him matched up in big games against big players throughout the course of this season. And especially when we get to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like, there was those two games when Booker and Durant were scoring 40 points against the Nuggets. And there's like the, is this just going to be completely unstoppable? And so like, I, I keep looking at the West and it's a bloodbath and I have no real concept of who to trust, who not to trust after the, after the Nuggets. And I just end up like, sort of floating back to the Suns being like, I can be shocked if this is just like a 56 yeah. win team when we look up at, at the start of the playoffs. The roster is ridiculous. I mean, 56 is a lot because Durant's not playing that many games, but okay. No, just- yeah, I, I think I think the only question mark is Dominique just, just alluded to is the injury question. Devin Booker has been a guy who's missed a lot of time uh, with yeah. muscle injuries, right? Which are notor- notoriously sort of reoccurring and nagging type of injuries. Of course, we know about KD and his his struggles with injuries in the past couple of years. And even Bradley Bill, he hasn't exactly been, you know, Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> over here. You feel me? So, like, I, I, I think the injury like question is... Exactly. The injury question is a pertinent one, but when these guys are on the court, I expect them to be a dominant offensive machine, you know, if not, you know, necessarily a credible defensive one. Uh, But again, and and like you guys mentioned, Devin Book is going to be the one kind of steering this ship. They don't have a point guard. They don't need a point guard. But between Devin Booker and Bradley Beal, and their, you know, prowess with the ball handling, pick and roll operation. There's going to be plenty of great offense going on this year in Phoenix. And so I, I look forward to just seeing how it looks. I totally agree. And it's interesting that both Beal and Booker are guys who got given the keys to run a ton of pick and roll when their teams didn't have point guards in the past. They both have had that semi-point guard role. Yeah. Um, I, we need a clock on this draft. Okay, you want me to go? I mean, as the Bradley Beal of this show, like I'm really not supposed to be steering the ship, but I'll go to my pick. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the low hanging fruit. The thing I'm most excited for for this NBA season is I want to see what Victor Wembanyama looks like on an NBA court. Ooh, and we got the four most rookie yeah, hater, the number on one the hater. Show. He's not a Wimby yeah. hater. He's just a rookie hater. <laughs> Peter, kind, kind of a Wimby hater too. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not a Wimby hater. I'm like again. I don't necessarily think he's the best prospect since Babe Ruth, like <laughs> some other people at your network might think. But I do think that he's going to be a more impactful rookie than the general first pick is, right? Um, just because of his size, he's already able to affect NBA basketball with his size, his mobility on defense. He's gonna be. A pretty impactful guy pretty early. I don't think he's going to be a master pick and roll operator in in that way yet. Like he's not going to be prime Kevin Garnett or Traymond Green tomorrow, but he's going to be a compelling defensive player. Like he's got obviously very tantalizing offensive skills, good touch, nice little handle and all of that stuff. But am I, you know, am I going to be hyped for the first wicked? Victor Wembanyama game? No, I kind of am. A team going nowhere. Jesus. Come on. So what? They're bringing up the rear this year. So I care about good teams. Sorry, oh, guys. I thought you was L.A. Walls. Now that's a real New York Walls. Oh, the ass flash take. and the dash. <laughs> yeah. No substance no, over no, here. No. Meat and so, potatoes. You over here? You sound. You sound so much like <laughs> a New Yorker. A hateful. <laughs> New Yorker in the subway station. They're like, man, they all this flashing the fan over here. What are we gonna do? Hey, you know, I'm walking in. Like, you give me all the New York vibes. It's okay to be LA. It's okay to be excited about a little Listen. bit of flash. What he is doing is outstanding. And you're lying about you're not gonna be excited about that game. You'll watch the game because you watch almost all the games. However, you're yes. gonna be hyped too because it's cool. It's fun. I was That's at the cool summer shit. league. I don't you were at Summer League. Did you go to his game in Summer League? Of course I did. Okay, yeah. so you, of course, you went all but the way to Vegas. My, 
Dominique, it was my job to be there. Come on, man. Like, I was excited. The, okay, the, my bad. I'm so I'm so sorry that you was laboring in there. I, I, I was laboring, exactly. <laughs> I was doing my job. And again, you know what was exciting though? The legitimate juice generated in that building to watch this kid play. Yeah. That was fun to be a part of. There's no denying that. Like that's that was legitimately cool. And I think and I hope that there's that kind of buzz wherever he goes this season. Like that would be legitimately interesting so the thing about Wemby too is like wins are a superstar stat in the NBA and I'm not expecting the Western Conference is a bloodbath I do not think this is going to be a playoff team DraftKings opened their odds at 29 and a half as they're open over oh under, Charlie over you mean the team that got the number one pick last no, but, year but, is not going to be a playoff team just because they drafted one rookie no my point That's being though is you see thing. legitimate growth in wins when you have someone who's transcended at a young age. You saw that with That's LeBron's Cavs. You true. saw even with Luka with the Mavs. And so it's even if they're not going to be a 40-win team, it'll be interesting to see if they're closer to competency in the 65 games that he actually plays this season. Because those are like the, the lines of demarcation that separate guys who are really good empty stats guys and guys who are really, really good players. And I'm actually looking forward to that past the highlights with Wemby because that's like a mark of his impact. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody's excited about Wemby, including Wozni, no matter what he tells you. Um, we all know that he's probably likely going to be rookie of the year. I don't. You'd rather have a Coney Island point guard who's shooting like 33% from the field than a seven foot five guy who can guard both sides of the rim. It's, um, it, I am what I am. <laughs> it's going to be a fun ride. He's going to be great. I don't think anybody thinks that this team is going to be competitive but that doesn't mean you can't be excited about it. i'm looking forward to it i, I am concerned obviously about his body and his yeah. frame and and pop's gonna uh, assume be very protective you said 65 games that sounds about right yeah. they're gonna meet the threshold that he has to yeah. to qualify for awards and do nothing more than that to prolong his career and that's going to be that part of it's going to change sort of how we view the season of totality because there's going to be almost two spurs seasons the games that he plays and plays significant minutes and the games that he doesn't yeah so there's gonna be one spurs season the game where he plays significant minutes and and then the other stuff is going to be preseason games that they played during the regular season. All right, I'm up. All right, from Wimby to the last guy that we had Wimby-like expectations for, I'm excited to see what's up with Zion. Like It feels like we're at the end of the hope period where this is going into his fifth season after having knee surgery, foot surgery, hamstring issues, uh, and getting a weight clause put in his contract, and then his OnlyFans offseason, there is a lot surrounding him that is not about how good he is. The last time he was healthy and playing well, that team was third in the West, and we were like, damn. Really nice to yeah. be a Pelican fan right now or the GM of the Pelicans right now. You are headed in the right direction. So it seems that he's coming into this season as healthy as he's been. The team is still pretty talented. Obviously, the West is loaded. So I'm excited to see uh, this, like, Zion on his kind of last hope to me. Because if, if he gets injured this year, if it doesn't work out this year, I'm, I'm, I'm selling my Zion stock. What do you think, Wozni? Yeah, I, I tend to agree, especially on the injury front. I think people want to see him at least play three quarters, you know, two thirds of a season here. At some point, th this has to pan out. I think the most telling thing about this season for me, Dominique, is David Griffin, mm -hmm. the president of basketball ops over there at the New Orleans Pelicans, um, at the introductory training camp press conference, he gave a statement essentially saying this is the first time Zion has ever showed professionalism and taken his job seriously in his career. This that's he said that out loud in public about this guy. Um that's he said this is the first summer Zion has ever been a professional NBA player essentially, which I think is just just an incredible thing to have your GM come out and say. And so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. I think, you know, contract-wise like it won't be do or die for real, for real, until this yeah. current contract is actually up. Um, but I think in the minds and the hearts of people like us, NBA enthusiasts, it's going to be hard for us to get up for Zion news or Zion intrigue if he doesn't do anything this year. As much as um, I think we all like despise, excuse me, we all despise the like track to get to the NBA, the AAU circuit that wears out mm -hmm. guys' bodies. Zion avoided that 
But one thing yeah. it does do is it professionalizes you a lot earlier. And one mm -hmm. thing that Zion seemed like the country boy from South Carolina who hit the scene in Duke and then one year later is looks like he's going to be the next poster child of the NBA. Some of the things that have happened off the court suggest that it's a country boy from South Carolina <laughs> thrown into the spotlight. So, like, I, I, I think it's fair to be critical of a professional someone who's being paid to do a job. It's fair to be critical of him, but we can at the same time, like I can see how how David Griffin could say this is the first time he's being professional because he was 19 and from yeah. Nowheresville. And then next thing you know, he's the biggest thing in college basketball. And then he's the heir apparent to LeBron James and everybody that he like on Instagram will like him back. And that's a, that's a tough place to be for a young man. As, as a former young man, I'm so happy that I was never in that position. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's absolutely something people should take in consideration. Uh, just the idea that this guy wasn't some corporate droid, you know, from the very beginning. A lot of these guys starting at age 11, 12, they start being groomed for professionalism. Uh, and Zion clearly didn't have that. Of course, you know, it bears mentioning uh, the people that are sort of managing Zion Inc. Uh, they don't have the greatest of reputation. Um, I think that's been out there a decent amount. And so, like, yeah, I, I understand why he hasn't been this well-oiled machine from the start. But I I'm glad that he's sort of taking heed to the criticism and wants to realize what his, what his actual potential is. And, and we get to try maybe see that this season. The interesting thing is that when he plays, he's been so dominant offensively like it's a bummer that the movement hasn't been there defensively like we thought it was going to be coming out of duke but he's unstoppable like we could look up there'd be i'd be zero percent shocked if we looked up in march this year and it's just a dude averaging 28 8 and 5 and playing most of the games like one season it could all come together i mean hoping so yeah all right, I'm up again because yep. snake draft and i'm gonna cheat the snake draft and make a pick that kind of counts for two picks mm. Embiid. Is he going to ask for a trade? And I think the the Philly situation, you can't talk about Embiid without also talking about the interesting story that is James Harden in Philadelphia. So Embiid has not uh, signaled that he's going to one out, but I think a lot of people around him see the writing on the wall and know that that situation is the window is closing, if not already closed, on the championship opportunity there. And what is Embiid going to do, which is directly tied to what Harden is going well, not what Harden's going to do, what they're going to do with Harden, because he's still not uh, right with management, as he calls Daryl Morey. And Daryl Morey doesn't <laughs> seem to have a chance to trade him. If the Clippers won't even send Terrence Mann that way for James Harden, I think y'all stuck with him. The MB question is, is interesting because the Sixers kind of find themselves in a pickle, right? They have to field a competitive product this year which i think they can mm -hmm. with or without james harden even if they get sort of pennies on the dollar for james harden i think this will be a pretty competitive team they're they're, they're pretty talented um if not you know at the highest echelon of the sport competing for championships right um i think they'll be really good and, and solid either way but they got to do that and also sell this guy in the hope for the future um, of what's going to be happening in Philadelphia. And I think part of the reason they didn't want to give James Harden the bag that he claims that they promised him, um, or he's been insinuating that they promised him, I shouldn't say he claims, um, is that uh, this summer free agency is supposed to be some, you know, they, they got this cap space that's allegedly opening up and they're going to do all of these great things around Joel Embiid. And I'm just like, I, I don't see it. Like, what are you doing? Like, DeMar DeRozan is like one of the best free agent options this summer. I don't know how they're going to justify this optimism to Embiid this summer either. So it feels inevitable that he's on a crash course for a team that isn't Philadelphia. But at the same time, you know, stranger things have happened. Maybe he really loves being in Philadelphia and he'll stay there and, 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 and ride it out and just be a Philadelphia legend who ultimately never did anything. Yeah, because Philadelphia, he's, he's going to have a great time in Philadelphia not winning championships. for Losing in the second round <laughs> yeah, for every those, single year. I'm sure the fans will be you gentle. You should hear those people talk about Donovan McNabb. Oh, I mean. God. Made them relevant for a decade, but they talk about him like he's a criminal. It's crazy. I mean, to be fair with the Embiid thing, he is someone he he started his own MVP campaign last year and gave those ridiculous quotes to the athletic being like, it's more than just advanced stats. I'm the guy I should win this award. 
And then he went out as soft as possible to end the season. So if you want to be critici- criticize him as a fan, I, I get it. He's awesome, but... By all means, you are free to do whatever you want, as long as he is also free to leave. I, don't, I mean, I don't give, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't give a damn what the fans uh, think about how he's handled it. I know that they'd rather have him than not. So I, I guess my, my only point is, if he decides to stay... And obviously, it seems like that would make his chances of winning a championship like feel a bit slimmer if he decides to stay. My only point is, at the end of it, 10 years from now, at the end of your career, they're not going to be like, oh, MB, you did such a great job. Thanks for staying. <laughs> well, they're going to be like, he never won us nothing. Well, you know what they're going to say? They're going to be like, do you know the best team that Joel Embiid, our MVP, most dominant force of the NBA, beat in a playoff series? And the answer would be the 2022 five-seed Raptors. <sighs> You're a hater. Wow. It's a bounce. I mean, here's the thing. Here's what I will say um, to piggyback off of Charlie's hateration. I would critique us as media um, covering Joel Embiid's potential, you know, uh, leaving the Sixers as if it's Kevin Durant switching teams or LeBron James switching teams. Or remember when Steph came up for free agency, the potential of a Steph switching teams. He ain't that. He hasn't shown himself to be that. He hasn't delivered in the biggest moments as somebody who would deserve that level of coverage where we're agonizing about Joel Embiid's next team. Okay, the next team that gets to get knocked out of the second round. You know, um, I, I would just criticize our own coverage about player transactions and stuff like that, where we treat every single quote-unquote superstar trade demand as if they're all the same, because they're not. When Bradley Beal asks for a trade, this, this, it ain't the same as Kevin Durant. I can it's tell. just not. I can tell Wozni's in New York right now, because New York Waz is back. <laughs> L.A. Waz is a different... L.A. Waz is a different vibe, man. What did I tell you? Why do I love New York? East Coast are the best and now there are three of us together (laughs) all right your your pick all right you know loaded board here loaded board and you know what i'm excited to see i'm excited to see if it's a two-team eastern conference that's real and this is putting them together but i think the east last year we were like oh my god this might be a deeper conference than the west there's there are a bunch of teams that could end up making the nba finals i'm looking up now and i'm really excited to see the bucks with Dame Lillard and Giannis playing that type of basketball. They're going to have a historic offense with that type of pick and roll. Are you going to be able to cover up Dame's defensive weaknesses with monsters on the back line? And I'm excited to see what the Celtics are going to do with an adult in the room handling the ball in Drew Holiday. He's not a perfect point guard, but he's closer to a real lead guard than they've had in the entire Tatum era with Tatum and Brown. And I think that those teams might legitimately separate themselves from the Eastern Conference in a way that's, that's really interesting. Wozni made a face. I, look, it's, it's a funny thing that's been going on over the past couple of weeks. Like, James Harden all of a sudden isn't a top 25 NBA player. He's a bum in the media, allegedly. And Drew Holiday is now a mixture of freaking Tiny Archibald and Isaiah Thomas and Magic. It's absurd what we've made Drew Holiday into, particularly what he does on offense. Now, He's made some pretty big plays in the playoffs for the Bucs, most of them being on the defensive end, um, and they were clutch. I think clutch defense counts um, as well, but his, some of his decision-making and offensive play in the playoffs the last two to three years at times has been close to unwatchable, mm-hmm. seriously. Um, and you mix that into the problems that the Celtics have had in the playoffs on that side of yeah. the floor and this idea that Drew Holiday is not going to be some insanely uh, amazing boon to what they've been doing in the past, I'm quite frankly not buying it. It's And it's not just Charlie, guys, just so you guys know. You go on any of the smart people that put together these projections and, you know, all kinds of uh, weird names like Raptor and blah, blah, blah. Like everybody's projecting Boston to be the best team in the NBA this year. And I think their talent would suggest that. But watching them play, watching their actual guys play, well, being the best I don't think anybody's with, elevated by what being the, Boston has oh, been part of. Well, there's, and part of that is that Boston has always played a brand of basketball that just beats the models. Like it was the team a couple years ago yeah. when 
like the the second half of the season when they made the finals when they were like a historically great team based on the analytics that did not totally show up in in the playoffs. So they're always going to be overrated by those that's, models. That's but my, my, it's also just an upgrade at the, at the guard position. It's not just that he's well, not. So that's a that's true, a, that's the thing. Is my point is that and Porzingis is yeah Porzingis matters. Him being healthy matters uh, as I guess the new anchor of the defense and another offensive weapon. Um, that they can have him saying healthy matters. But my point is I have no concern about how good the Celtics are going to be in the regular season. No concern yeah, about that. None. The concern for the Celtics comes down to exactly what you were saying. And I think, I don't know what to call this particular bias, but it's like, I remember when things have changed now, but when I was getting ready for the draft process, uh, a lot of agents was telling their clients they should cut their hair because it, they would judge you in a certain way. I feel like a lot of that, we get the Marcus Smart. The perception <laughs> is that Marcus Smart is like some wild man because he plays defense aggressively and his hair is green. And that Drew Holiday is an no. upgrade as far as decision making. No, 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 because, no, 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 no. You're not watching finish. Celtics games because no, Marcus no, no, Smart no. was a no, green no, light me, guy. He no, would see Jason Tatum so and Jalen Brown it's a hijack possessions. He'd be like, all right, my turn. It's a different type of decision making. When Marcus Smart was doing that, he was seeing Jalen Brown get stripped and Jason Tatum take step by step back threes. So the decision that Marcus Smart was making <laughs> was not Marcus Smart saying, I'm the man. It's him looking around and saying, nobody want to grab their sack and take over this game. I'm going to do it. So my point yeah, is, no, no, him no. doing that with green hair makes you believe that he's some kind of crazy, reckless person. I and think now you're gaslighting Holiday, me. And I Holiday, can't believe you're turning me into Holiday a shows you're gaslighting up. me into a I'm dog whistle. I'm not talking about Marcus about you as Wozni said it's a lot of people out there I'm not saying it's you I apologize if you are personalized this I'm saying in general that a lot of people are looking at Drew Holiday and assuming that he makes better end of game decisions Drew because Holiday he looks hair. like because he, he looks has long like, hair because he looks like a guy who makes better he end of game decisions he don't he, does. he, does. he don't he, he 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 has not shown that in the playoffs, which is That's where all it I'll matters. Say about that. And and more importantly, Charlie, why I'm skeptical of the Celtics and their playoff yeah. prowess and everybody is that. Took me a minute to get to Waz level. I feel good now. This is where I belong. No, I'm I sorry, Waz. I love it. I love. I threw that in there on purpose. I appreciate is you. Is that Dame and Giannis? Make each other better. Yes, yeah. yes, and that was the first part of my, my point that their team is going to be. Jason Tatum yeah, better. That's... Jason Tatum don't make him better. Their weakness. Jalen Brown ain't making Drew Holiday better. He ain't making Porzingis <laughs> better. Porzingis ain't making him better. I, like I don't think these pieces play together in a way that's better. I think in a vacuum you might could argue that Porzingis is better than even an, a healthy Robert Williams. Before this team. He's not going to have a significant offensive role. He's going to be asked to crash the boards, do dirty work, go stand in the corner. The same kind of things he bristled against back when he was playing with Luka. And so when people say, oh, they've upgraded the talent and all, I'm like, it's not going to actually look like that when it matters. It's still going to, Jason Tatum's still going to have to beat people one-on-one. -on -one. He's still going to have to be like, their primary playmaker I think to, in the, at the end of games. To the point that you're making, Wozniak, is I think that they got some puzzle pieces that don't fit perfectly, and I don't have a ton of confidence that Joe Mazzulla is the guy that's going to figure out how to make these fit. And I fully acknowledge that me and my football brain may not be able to see how perfectly these pieces fit together, but it doesn't seem obvious to me, and I don't trust that Joe Mazzulla going to figure it out. I have a question for you guys. You know what the Bucks' offensive rating was without Drew Holiday? We don't for the entire time. We don't regular season stats. It's it's 107. With him, it was around 120. So like the concept that he can't make a wing better, he can help make a wing better because he did it with Giannis. Not saying Jason Tatum's Giannis. Also, the other thing, part about this, this playoff thing is if Charles. if he didn't, if Jason Tatum didn't step on someone's foot in the first 90 seconds of Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, oh my lord, Charles. they're like. The heat, the heat. Okay. My, point, my point. Okay. You might be right, Charlie. My point is we've had this conversation before. I know that you agree with me that playoff basketball is more different than regular season basketball than any other sport where it's playoff to regular season. Okay. Of course. So you pointing to these regular season stats is not helping the argument when we're making the point that over the last two seasons, the problem with the Celtics has been who's going to handle the ball and make decisions at the end of the game. Of course. Drew Holiday, 
through an alley-oop to Giannis. And and we are extrapolating that out to saying, you know what? He's going to make all the decisions. And they're going to be right It's not even just that, but specific to the Celtics. Again, because I got into a huge fight with my co-host, Justin Verrier, on our last podcast. Um, Not a real fight, but just a sports fight. Yeah. Um, And he's like, well, they were just one game away from the finals. I'm like, they went down 3-0 to the Heat. A team that the freaking Nuggets manhandled and mauled. They curb stomped these fools. The Celtics went down 3-0 to these guys. What are we doing with this team in the playoffs? Do you not remember? They were on the brink of extinction. Jason Tatum was like one for 13. He made four threes in the fourth quarter against the Sixers, saved their season. This is what they were on the brink of. You can make that, oh, that game seven argument. I can make that damn fit. Billy argument they barely got out of there no thank, it was nasty thank god for Joel Embiid and James Harden that's how they got <laughs> okay. out of there because we got a three for 11 out of James Harden instead of his classic two for 11 I wanted to because all of this is coming back to the fact that you guys disagree that are they going to be a top two team in the east do you think the Celtics will be a top? 100%. Okay, then my point stands. Finals too. Okay. <laughs> my draft yeah, pick yeah. was that they're a top two team yeah, in the yeah, East, yeah, so yeah, they're gonna have a great chance yeah. of going to the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we're, we're, well, we're talking about something else more interesting. Point. I feel like we we ganged up on you last episode too. We gotta have Wozniak on more often. I like this. Like, <laughs> what did we jump you about last time? Well, apparently this now I don't I don't trust people with long hair. This is where it comes down. It wasn't. It was it was the green part. It wasn't you. It was generally. I feel like that's the vibe. It's like he and I get it. Marcus Smart gives off a bit of an aggressive, erratic vibe. Put it like this. Put it like this. Would you, could you ever see Marcus Smart working on the like the players committee for the players association? <laughs> no. If somebody told you Drew Holiday was doing yeah. that, you'd be like, hell yeah, yeah. put yeah, Drew up there. Up there. He, he gonna do that. Gonna have his tie nice and tight. It's gonna look Come great. But I, I, I mean, fair. to be fair, they put Kyrie on the NBA I'll, PA, so it's, it's, yeah, it's that, like, that just completely collapses yeah, my argument. But it was honestly. a good point. I, I defend. <laughs> I defend my guy Marcus Smart because I watched all of those. Well, not all of the game, but I watched plenty games and I saw what was happening I also was like what are you doing Marcus but then I saw how everybody else was shriveling in the moment and I recognized in right. Marcus it's like man ain't nobody gonna do it I'm gonna be the hero and that's the type of delusional confidence that I like as a cornerback I like Marcus this, Smart maybe he can backpedal this is a team again and we can get off of this um this is a team whose fortunes in the playoffs relied on Marcus Smart and Al Horford making threes <laughs> that's it that's yeah, the, that's, that's that was the difference between them and again and can I make my last pick? Yeah, go ahead, please do. My last pick is the Nuggets. It's oh, like yeah. the the disrespect, the the idea that we would play Thank a playoffs you. tomorrow, and anybody would trust the Celtics more than the Nuggets tomorrow is absolutely insane. It flies in the face of all of the evidence we've seen from these Nuggets specifically. Last time we saw them, they were losing to a. Damn good, borderline juggernaut Laker team, okay, in the playoffs. Then finally, when they got all their guys back, they absolutely dominated everybody that was put in front of them in the playoffs, okay? And I got to hear about, oh, the matchups, oh, the this. But the, the Celtics get the heat, can't do anything. All of a sudden, they're great because they got Chris Tapps, Porz. It's, it's nuts. They, the, um, the Nuggets, when it comes to the playoffs, like the idea that you think somebody's gonna beat those guys four times to me, you gotta give me some. You gotta give me something. Jamal Murray was hurt for the beginning of last season, right? This is uh, two seasons ago. Last two seasons season ago, last season. season. He was coming yeah. off of the the yeah, ACL, but he yeah. wasn't fully Recovery. back. And you, I'm yes. looking at um the real GM, the players that they lost. They lost Bruce Brown, yeah, Jeff Green. That's about it. That about so, it. And they are bringing back that dominant. Because you're right. Yeah, that, the best, it, best player in the world. And there's a bigger gap between him than anyone we've seen since when Steph and LeBron are at their peak. And they, like, didn't have a, they didn't have a close series. There was not a series that they seemed threatened they or challenged. They were not challenged. Yeah, it was. They were not challenged uh, at, at a single point in the whole playoffs. Uh, like, people got to make this make sense. And what I was railing about yesterday when I had to talk about this, it's like, when you look at Joel Embiid's performance, not Joel, excuse me. When you look at Nikola Jokic's performances, literally, you want to go whatever, game score, any of those all-in-one stats of playoff performances. We're talking about Michael Jordan offensive performances. Ooh, big, oh, yeah. We're talking about greatest of all time name. offensive performances damn near every time he plays. And then I got to hear about the likes of 
Jalen Brown <laughs> and and the rest of those those jokers in, in, in Boston as the jokers. best team in the NBA now. Come on, guys. The only difference is that there's a it's a two team conference in the East, and there are eleven teams that think that there can be contenders in the West, yeah. which is like just makes the path more difficult. But I mean, you know, the Jokic thing is ridiculous. Every time he's on the floor, they basically have the best offense in NBA history. If you go by the, by the advanced numbers of that, he's that dominant. That's, That's what we saw with 15 and 16 with Steph. And it's like guys like that are incredibly rare. And it's like it's it's why we did a well, as we did a podcast over the summer being like, are we sort of forgetting that Jokic is like on track to be like a top five center in NBA yeah. history? And we talked all the way through it. And it's like it is very much on the table. He's been that dominant, and there's no signs of him slowing down. And man, there's still plenty of time yeah. in his career, and we determined that his style of play is one that will age well because it's already old. <laughs> that's that's 100 facts i think if anything maybe you know he might get hurt or yeah. whatever injuries but the way that he plays is going to be unaffected for a long time and again charlie you, you mentioned it when the offense is dominant not simply great dominant all it takes is competent defense yeah. They don't got to go out and be world beaters on defense. They just have to merely be competent. Some level of resistance where it's not some layup line or open three-pointers like it's a three-point contest all game long. And they're going to get results. So that's why I'm just like, people, like, very was like, oh, they're not a cut above the Celtics. I'm like, the hell they ain't? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a big, 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 big Big all-in on the Nuggets this year. I think they're going to romp again, and they're going to cement themselves as legends this year. Well, thank you, Wozni, for making me, giving me basketball muscles, because I wouldn't go at Charlie's neck if I didn't have the confidence of you agreeing with me. So <laughs> but then we I all agreed. No, nah, I like it better when it's, when it's me going at your neck and making you wrong. But anyway, Wozni, thank you so much. I'll be back up in New York, so let's make some plans let's for Monday. It. For Monday let's in advance. It. Can't wait. You're going to be gone on Tuesday, yeah. so you can't gallivant with yes. us afterwards for, for day drinking and chilling. All right, Wozni, appreciate you, bro. Later, y'all. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, next up, Roses and Thorns. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right, time for your favorite segment with my favorite person, Roses and Thorns, with my wife, Ashley Foxworth. Hey, happy Halloween. I see you got the theme going. It's not even Halloween yet, but you already got witch earrings. <laughs> I and you're kind of in costume, stuff. too. I'm not in costume. You, I mean, you look like, like a witch. You, no, you're not dressed like a witch, but you look like you got like a Jacqueline Onassis black Lynn Onassis <laughs> sweater thing happening right now. Because I'm classy, gosh darn it. Yes. Um, thank I'm you. I'm so shocked I'll take... that you got a gosh darn it there. Right there. You're such I know. a cussing. I'm getting so adult-like and able to restrain myself. I think a while ago you suggested that we do first date questions, and so I took you up on that offer, and I brought a list of first, first date questions. Question. Yeah. Do you remember our first date? I think so. What was it? I think our first date was at that gala, right? Honestly, or so when I was our, thinking that, okay, go ahead. Okay, give, no, no. Give, go what was our or. first date? Was ESPN Zone? See, here's the thing. I'm not even going to play him. When I was thinking, like, I'm going to ask him if he remembers our first date, I was like, which one was it? I don't know, because they were really close in time. Yeah. Um, I think we always said it was the ESPN Zone. Okay. 
time. So I think it, that might have been like a night or two. R.I.P. ESPN Zone. I know ESPN Zone was so fun. The one in Baltimore, I have great memories at from when like you did the toy stuff, toy drives and stuff, or book drives. Um, and then also the one in DC. Yeah, that was our first date. And then McCormick and Schmicks. Yeah. McCormick and Schmick. I don't know if I had an S on it or if that's a black people you know, S. It's, a, it's an old person slash It's an old person, person, not black people? Okay. It's not just black people. It's old black people add S's to things, I think. Yeah. Or take them So there's a city I... in the suburbs near D.C. called Silver Spring. Oh, yeah. Silver Springs. <laughs> Nordstrom is Nordstrom's. Oh, um, yeah. But it's like sometimes I'm using it in the possessive. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, this... what, what did I just say with the S? Nordstrom's. McCormick and Schmick. Yeah, was I inside of McCormick and Schmick's property? Yeah, that'll, that'll work. Okay. You nice. know, it's possessive. I appreciate it. All right, so uh, list the first date questions. You ready? Nervous. Because uh, here's something else you I want to say. You can ask me questions, too. We were 21 on our first, or I was 21 on our first date. And so now, so when we first proposed doing first date questions, um, a friend of mine sent me like a list of good first date questions that she kind of keeps running in her notes section. I think we all, all of us who are wise, keep interesting things running in our notes sections on our phone. And so it was like a really helpful list. She's um, single or dating now. And so she, it's like a list she goes back to over the years, you know. And some of the questions I was like, whoa. I wasn't thinking like that on my first date, but it's because I was yeah, 21, yeah. not four. So, so I'm kind of nervous. Which way are these 21 year old ones? Are these like 40 year old first date questions? But I'll find out. These are first date questions I took off the internet. All right, here we go. <laughs> what makes you unique? Plagiarist. What makes me unique? I think I'm a surprising. Well, is it? Can I? Oh, well, it's because before you would have known anything there's about there, me. We don't know qualifying. <laughs> we're this. We're having a first date right now. Okay. Oh, so hi. Who, who did this? Like, did we? I wouldn't ask these questions. I was like, you had a W. E. B. Du Bois quote, I think, on your shirt. And the shirt also was down to his knees, Baltimore. Um, and I we talked about the quote, like, or how I beat you in golf at ESPN Zone. Like, I don't think we asked questions, but let's just. What pretend. was the quote? What was the shirt? Was the New Negroes? I think so. I'm not sure. Or was it there was a percentage on it? Maybe I can't okay. remember. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, I was I was certainly trying to pro project something because that's I mean, that's funny conversation about the first date decisions of what you're going to wear and how you're going to behave and what you're going to say and what picture picture you're going to paint of yourself. I'm sure I don't remember. But if I had on a WB Du Bois shirt, I'm sure I was trying to express to you that I'm not a dumb jock or at least I, I know something. I've read a book or two. Well, then my answer is what makes me unique is I think I'm a really lovely combination of a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't right now as we're first meeting each other on this first date expect like yeah. mostly I'm hilarious people don't really appreciate that about me <laughs> I'm so funny I'm smart um at the time I probably would have guessed I was ambitious <laughs> but then I got to know myself better as I aged you would have guessed um, that you were ambitious um yeah, so I think I think there's a lot more to me than what you would see or what you would think, just like knowing me from like seeing me around college, hanging out at bars and whatnot. This is such a hard conversation to have because we are we know each other so well at this point. But that's what uh -huh. I would say. Okay, if I just met you, if you know what, if we weren't together, if we were divorced and you at oh. forty were out on a blind date, if someone said, So what makes you unique? Um uh, I'm still in love with my ex wife. Ah! running back because I would be spying on the date. I would be in the corner. He would see me and I would have all the kids with me too. And we will essentially death. I would We've have had this conversation and I would run up on him. We and would I'd never. Like, yes, baby. We here would, I am. We would not that it's even something that's on the table, but I would never get married again. Like if I, if we were to get a divorce, like that's not something I, I'm good. <sighs> I, I, yeah, I will be a single old sad man who has fun on occasion, but is sad and lonely all the time. I'd rather be that. I'm not going through falling in love and all that stuff again. That sounds terrible. Okay, I have a first date question for you. All right, give it I'm to a me. little curious, guys, even at this point, 20 years in. What do you find romantic, or what's your like definition of romance? Um, uh, I think being thoughtful is romantic. So like it, it doesn't matter what it is exactly. So like the, I guess the traditional definitions of romance, or you think about like having flowers or fancy dinners or writing poetry or I don't know. Guys, uh, he's done all of those some of, the, some of those things you would think are romantic. Um, if the person that you're with finds that romantic, then doing that I think is romantic. So I think it just comes down to, so like I find it really romantic when you leave me alone. <laughs> he does. I think it's like, wow, it's so thoughtful that you just like, or when you suggest that like you see that I'm stressed out, you're like, hey, why don't you go to the basement? 
and have some time even where before kids are, bedtime. Where we are, yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> right I, now. I'm thinking uh, before the house, yeah, is before mess. those times. But I feel like I'm on duty until the kids are asleep. But like when you let me off duty early, I'm like, oh, it's really thoughtful. Oh, so romantic. Tell me the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you. Most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. I don't know. All right, when you're on like a, a big stage playing a professional sport and you don't play well like that's really embarrassing so like I I think my rookie year we lost in the AFC championship game which a team that we should have beaten and I played bad and it was embarrassing in general to be like in Denver in Colorado where all they care about is the Broncos we're 13 and 3 everyone thinks we just or I mean it's a huge thing we're 13 and 3 we just beat the Patriots we're and all we gotta do is beat the Steelers go to Super Bowl and I'm like a rookie who's playing really well and everyone's excited about me. And then I played bad in the game and we lost. And playing? then uh, we were playing against the Steelers. Oh, okay. And exactly. we lost. And then the whole offseason, I'm in the city and everyone like knows me. You weren't in the offseason the whole se- I mean, you weren't in the city the whole offseason because you were coming to visit me in college. So. Yes, I was. I so those are times when I was not embarrassed. But it was a little embarrassing in general to, to be like, uh, this whole year, I'm trying to convince everybody that I'm like this great young new corner that they should be excited about. And then. I came through a bunch of times, not in that situation. It's kind of embarrassing. I don't know what I would say. That's man. how you do it, guys, because it's really just saying how awesome you are. <laughs> that's a proper first date maneuver. Uh, that is a good, that's a good, I like that. Tactical. Um, I When I read the question, I immediately started trying to be like, a lot of times I find that I ask him questions that I couldn't answer. Like, even just like random questions at home. I'm like, dude, like, and then I'm like, oh, I don't know what I would say. Um, You're not easily embarrassed. I know. <laughs> but I would think when I was younger, I was, again, this might go back to having been a being fat a child. Fat Everything goes back to being a Every, fat child. Like, there were th- certain weird things I was ashamed of. Like, I was like, I have hammer toes now. Like, I announced that I have hammer toes here. And I remember, like, being on, like, a, a first date one time when I was, like, in high school. And I felt like, I was like, is he looking? It was in flip-flops. I was like, is he looking at my hammer toes? Like, like, but that's not that embarrassing, right? Like, I don't know. I can't think of a it really. Should it shouldn't be. I can't <laughs> think of a, I don't know. I can't think of something. Do if you, you have, could be anyone for a day. Okay. Who would you be? Hmm. Part of me wants to say Oprah because I really like her. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like there's a more thoughtful answer to that. Um, I, don't know I know. It's easy for me. I'd be you for a day. I was going to say you, and then I said, oh, no, that sounds stressful. <laughs> Yesterday, he was kind of grumpy um, when the girls were with him in his room, and I was cooking a late dinner, and I was drinking my sangria. I was singing. I wasn't worried exactly. about nothing, including what time dinner was going to get to the table. Man, soup, you feel awesome. Soup has to simmer. You can't, you can't rush it. Um, and then Declan came down, and apparently Declan had been told to shower, but instead he was in his Halloween costume. And Dominique and Declan, I was taking a video of him because he was being funny. And Dominique comes out of the room. Have you had your shower yet? And Declan said, ooh, I wonder what's wrong with him. Work must be hard right now. I said, yeah, baby, it it's must not, be. It's so, not work. It's I, that know, I told I him to take a shower 12 I said, times. I said, yeah, baby, it must be work. Um, so, yeah, I thought about you. That was the first thing that came to mind. And then I said, nope, don't want to do that. Um, I'm going to just stick with Oprah because she's goals. Why not? Oprah's and she don't got cool. no kids to worry about. She's living the life, but only for one day. Then I'll go back to my babies. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, here's a question for you. What's something, and this I feel like you probably would have then and still now have a different but equally thoughtful answer for just because of the type of person you are. What's something you want to learn or get better at? Hmm, yeah. I like learning. Really like into learn. it. This is a good question. What would you answer to that? Now I would like to get back to reading more. Um, And I say that, and obviously I could go home tonight and pick up a book, but like when I'm laying in bed tired, once the kids are asleep, will I pick up a book or will I turn on Netflix? Probably turn on Netflix. Um, But I just feel like there's so many, recently even, um, I've been reading a lot of different opinion pieces about um, the war in the Middle East um, and trying to read like both sides' perspectives. And so that's not even like a book, but just reading more articles, reading like thoughtful essays, um, sharing them with friends. Um, that's something that I wish I could do more of because I think like particularly in this instance, reading kind of things on both sides um, is reading generally is so nice to like open up your mind to other people's perspectives on things. Um, like expose yourself to diverse uh, like I don't know, I guess 
media is helpful, at least for me in my in my work. Like I find that the more football stuff that I focus in on, the less original my thoughts and opinions get, and the less interesting I think I am. So like I just picked up a new book that was rec- recommended to me called Evil Geniuses that I only read the first couple chapters, and I already feel like just exercising a different part of your brain is helpful. I would, How often do you finish books that you pick up? Yeah. <laughs> So, so rare, so rare to actually finish books. But, but he starts so many guys. He is so well read in like a first chapter. Oh, I'll get I'll get a couple of chapters <laughs> in. I get a couple of chapters in, but I, I'm ambitious. I tried to learn about physics and quantum physics uh, this summer, and it made for a real tough trip to Vegas. I just thought of one that was funny, but it was kind of inappropriate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Get better at it. By all means, <laughs> no one's standing in the way. Please, please, absolutely. It's like I'm so comfortable with you, but we've been married so long, and like you've always been like someone who takes the lead in that situation. And so I think I should get better at being more adventurous. But you can cut all that out. Okay, I have um, one more question. Speaking of that, speaking of that, what if this were? Let's we can pretend this was the first date where like yeah. I don't know anything about you. What would you say to me if I asked you on a first date? So what do you find sexy? Not romantic, sexy. I would say intelligence. And he's going to leave out big ass. Okay, all right. I mean, okay, I'm on a date you. with you. Why the <laughs> hell would I say, you know what? I, I love I'd be like, big, okay, let me go home now. Uh, yeah, he I, literally. You just you set it up that way. You said you're on a first date with me, and I asked you this question. Okay, what well, would you say? Realistically, it's like I'm joking. I would be yeah, like, you can, oh, find, yes. you can find multiple things sexy or attractive, but I do find intelligence attractive. Like, I. Any woman that I've ever, like, taken more seriously have all been, like, intelligent women. It's something that I find very attractive, even better than big butts. All JDs. Yeah, they all, they all were. And see, people but, look at girls who date athletes like we have butt. a type. He's the one that had a type. <laughs> I did. I did have a type. And I got the best available. No, I don't know about that. I definitely don't hit all of your marks, but I'm glad you love me anyway. Mm. Anytime someone tells me that my butt's getting bigger, I'm just like, I know. Like anytime Dominique, because he likes butts, anytime he likes my butt, I know it means that I'm just getting fat. That's the only time. You, know, <laughs> you said I like butts. Like I'm the only person who likes butts. Everybody likes no, butts. No, I didn't. Some people don't. No, those are not people. Some people don't. I remember <laughs> you telling me about a friend who was like, no, I like him. Yeah. Small. Yeah. And I was like, let me meet this gentleman, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. He might like me only if I don't gain weight, which it's, happens. It yeah, happens. Um, sad. Are these good relationship questions? Do you think you learned a lot more about me? Or good first date questions? Do you think this would have helped uh, get to know each other better on a first date? I don't know. Like, luckily, I think we had the benefit of being long distance for a while. Like, before our first date, we were, like, for, like, a year at that point, we were talking, like, um, not DMs, not texts. I am mostly, and eventually, I remember at one point, um, my roommate had given him actually my I am AOL instant messenger name, and I was like, oh my, you gave him my personal information? Okay, she, he'd asked her for it. And obviously now, thank you, I'm so grateful you shared that with him. Um, but eventually, one time, like I wanted to shut off my M because people were messaging me, and I was annoyed with it. She had a big butt. So I wanted him to have my sidekick number, which was like for texting, but I didn't have phone minutes. So I was like, oh my God, okay. Phone minutes. I was like, <laughs> We're I, know. Old. I was like, I'm going to give him, this is a really big step. I was like, you know what? I want to keep talking to you, but I want to sign off I am. Here is my sidekick number. You may text me, um, but do not call it because it does not have minutes. <laughs> and then I remember eventually I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you my cell phone number. Like, like, and this was like a very gradual process. And then it was like, okay, well, I have a week off and I'm going to come in town. I was like, I will meet you at PG Plaza. Um, like it was very, 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 very slow. Like the first time. I don't time, remember any of this. I mean, I remember this process, but I don't remember any of these steps. Like these are stages for you where I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And these memories for me are at Maryland. So that is why last week was Maryland's homecoming and we went. Like, I feel like that is half the reason I love Maryland. Well, I don't care if they win or lose football games. I love Maryland so much because it brought this man into my life. Too bad we're coming to the end. We can't talk about our time at homecoming and how you awkwardly talked to my ex-girlfriend for longer than is reasonable amount of time to talk to my college girlfriend. She's so sweet. I really like her. And we're out. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us. Thank you, Charlie, as usual. Appreciate Wozni Lambry for showing up for the team. And also appreciate our great producers, Serafina, Kevin, Brian. And I guess Charlie gets producer credit also, I guess. And of course, Podville, our beloved studio. You're the best. We love you. Thanks. Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.